Good morning. It is good to preach uh, again. It's been a it's been a few days, but well, let's get started. I love getting into the Word and seeing what it has to teach us and how it's going to apply to our life. Uh, the main idea behind preaching the Word is not so that we can just receive it, but that there is a response. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? And I believe 100% that you are here for a reason. You are here for a reason. So we want to find out what that is. What is that reason? So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 John. There's a book in the, at the end of your Bible called 1 John. So turn in your Bibles. There's one in the pew in front of you. That is our gift to you if you do not have one. Or if you're on your Bible app, you can swipe to 1 John. It's at the end. The end, the end of the Bible goes 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. So it's close to the end. We are in our One Anothering series. Our One Anothering series. And today we're going to be talking about loving one anothering, I think. I'm not sure how to use that phrase the right way. We're talking about loving one another. Two weeks ago, Jeremy talked about building each other up. How do we build each other up? The master architect he spoke of. And then last week, Tony talked about how we embrace one another. And Eric asked me to speak on how to love one another, how to love one another. And I come to you this morning with a simple message that has serious implications. Okay? It's a very simple message, but there's so many implications for what it means for our life. Uh, this week, as I'm, as I'm going through the passage, as, as I'm looking at other passages and all the things that happen to prepare for a sermon, inevitably, God speaks to me about things I need to fix, right? About things that need to go on in my heart first. And so um, I hope, I hope that I can display a little bit of that this morning. Let's pray one more time before we read God's word. Father, your word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing us, piercing our spirit. So I ask for hearts that are open and receptive. Father, we know that when your word is read, that you are speaking. So the only question is, are we listening? And I pray that you would change lives today as a result of your word, not mine. In your name I pray, amen. All right, 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7 in a second. Let me give you the context of 1 John. John is written by John. Uh, His name is not mentioned in here, but it's a letter that John wrote. This is the same guy that wrote the Gospel of John, and he wrote the next two books after this, 2 John and 3 John. So the context of John writing this is he's an old guy probably by this time. He's been exiled to this island, like on, like, I always think Survivor, but I'm sure it wasn't like that. Uh, And so he's been exiled to this island, this old guy, and he's, uh, tradition says that some of the church elders, like Peter and James, came to him and said, dude, you gotta start writing, right? 
we got to figure out what's going on. You, you are a first-hand account witness to Christ. We want to know what you have to say. And so he wrote the Gospel of John, and then he wrote 1 John. We're not sure of the order of when he wrote them. But 1 John is a letter that was probably written to the church at Ephesus. Probably written to the church at Ephesus. It's definitely written for believers. Okay? So that's the context. And in the church at that time that John was writing, there were some people in the church that had left the church because they were preaching a different message than the real gospel. Okay? They weren't really focusing on Christ and that he lived a perfect life. They focused more on the pre-existence of Christ and he's God, yes, but they kind of denied his humanity. And so John is talking in that context. Okay, so 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Skip down to verse 19. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Um, I've been getting water in my basement, said every Chicagoan ever, right? And uh, we moved into our house last March, March of 2015. And um, it's be getting some water in the foundation. You know, finished basement, and the water's coming in. It's just a pain. It's just really, really annoying. And so I've been trying to figure out all these things, like what's going on? Is it my downspout? Is it wh- whatever? And so, really, it just took me standing out in the rain and watch, to watch what was happening, right? And so, my neighbor, bless her heart, her driveway is pitched towards my house, okay? And the water, you can just see it. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. So, um, Marcos uh, volunteered, I paid him, to come over and help me <laughs> dig, uh, and I paid Samuel, too, so don't. You know, he lives there, but I also paid him. And so we dug a trench, and we put in a French drain. We put in a French drain. What a French drain is, is it's a four-inch corrugated pipe, a PVC pipe, has holes in the bottom, and you lay it down, and you want to pitch it away from your house. And so the water collects in there, and then it goes down the pipe, and then it pops up at the end, and it spits out, hopefully, towards the street. Okay, 
now, when I was talking, Brother Tony first brought that up to me, okay? And he made it sound like it was really easy. <laughs> Seven hours later, right? <laughs> oh, it's good hard work. So we laid it down, and the whole point, we have a, I have a catch basin. After like 20 feet, I have a catch basin, and then another 10 feet. Because I don't want it to get clogged up with stuff, right? I don't want it to get, if the water's not coming out of the end, it's not doing its job. It's not doing its job. Um, So I want us to think this morning as us, as a pipe. Think of yourself as a pipe, except that what's coming in is not water, but God's love, okay? It has to come out. There's not supposed to be a cap on the end of that pipe. Okay? It's supposed to come out. We're supposed to share God's love with each other. Now, we are supposed to share God's love with the world, but that, that's not the one another series, okay? That's a different message. So we're sharing our love with each other. So think about that as we continue. Let's look at this a little bit more closely. The first thing we're going to look at is a simple yet profound truth. God loves you. The all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God of the universe loves you individually. When the Holy Spirit grants you the grace to understand this, it changes everything. That the one who created the world also created you. That you matter Because at your core, you're created in God's image. That every life has equal value because we bear the image of the one who made us. Now, we're fallen people. We sin. And the image of God has been tainted by sin and its effects. And even when that image is tainted the most, it might be difficult to see but we are still the image bearers of God. So what does it mean to be an image bearer of God? Well, I was thinking about this. You know, like a picture shows you what somebody looks like, unless it's a selfie, right? Because it can only be from like the chin up, and it has to be like at a certain angle, and you have to purse your lips, and please don't show that side of my face, right? Right? <laughs> So it gives you a little bit of an idea of what that person looks like. And then you meet them in real life. You're like, oh, what's up? That was from like five years ago, right? Okay. So just like that, we bear God's image. It's just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse. We're capable of displaying God's attributes, but not completely, not fully, not perfectly. God is love. We have the capacity to love. God is holy. We can pursue holiness. God is just. We crave justice. I read this morning that since Friday evening, three people have been killed and 37 wounded by gunshots. In 36 hours, we crave justice. So God created you in his image, and he loves you. So what I want to talk about is why. Why and how. Jeremy, if you could switch the slide for me. 
Why does God love us? The answer is, again, simple. He didn't create love for humans, okay? He is love. Don't get confused. Love is not God, okay? God is love. It's not something he made for us. It comes from his very essence. It's one of his attributes. A writer named C.H. Dodd noted that God judges, God rules, and God creates. But those are things that God does. That's not what God is. John says that God is love. So everything that he does is done in love. So when he creates, he creates in love. When he judges, he judges in love. When he rules, he rules in love. I was reading the story. There's there's an old hymn that I like. That was written in 1917. And the one specific verse that I like, and I was reading up on this verse, and this verse, the guy that wrote the hymn, he didn't write the third verse. He said that he found it, ready, in an insane asylum, scribbled on a wall before a patient died. Okay? And in this guy's deepest, darkest hour, These are the things he said. People did some research, and this poem that this guy that was struggling with mental illness, the thing that he wrote was written by a Jewish poet back in the year 1050. That was a couple of years ago, guys. 1050. And here's what it says. Could we with ink the oceans fill... And were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry, nor could the scroll scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I think of this guy that was struggling with mental illness in the early 1900s, And even this guy, I don't know him, I don't know his condition, nothing about him. But even he is reflecting on God's love. A chorus was added later and says this, O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure. It's the saints and angels' song. It's kind of difficult for us to think about God's love in its fullness since we're only capable of it a little bit. But consider how you would like to be loved. If someone knew your deepest, darkest struggles and they loved you anyway without seeking love in return, that might begin to show you how much God loves you. That would just be the tip. Okay? So God loves us because he is love. The next thing we're going to look at is how. How does God love us? All right. He loved us by offering his son as the offering for our sin. Uh, let's look at verse 9 and 10. Go back to verse 9 and 10 for me. John has a little literary thing going on here. So he has a, a this and that statement. 
you guys remember the soul the the Kia Soul commercials that you can get with this or you can get with that? Dating myself a little bit. It's kind of that same kind of play, okay? So we have a in this, and you're like, in what? And he's like, oh. So there's a this statement at the beginning of the sentence, and then there's a that statement that tells you what he was talking about. You guys didn't know you're going to have an English class, right? So there's a this statement, and then there's a that. So let's look at verse 9 and 10. In this, all right, so keep that in your head. In what? In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So the love of God was revealed to us in this way. And here's what he says. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And the second statement, let's look at it. In this, and what is love? And then he gives a negative. Not that, not that we have loved God. Okay? That's not, that's not love. But that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, that's going to be the last time I say that word because I really, really struggle with that word. Like, I don't know. Like, the, first, the second T, it just doesn't work out right. So, what that word means is that word is a word that has the idea of getting rid of appeasing divine wrath. Appeasing divine wrath. So, John says that Jesus came down to get rid of God's wrath. To get rid of his God's of God's wrath. This has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us, our love for God. Not once in this passage does it say, God loved you because you loved him. Right? No. Wrong. Wrong. He showed us his love by sending his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. So, the consequence that we deserve, Jesus paid for that. Here's what's up. God wants us to have a relationship with him. That's his love. But he's also holy. And he requires that if you have a relationship with him, that you be holy. Uh, That's not going to happen on your own. So there's a problem. God provided the solution to this problem by sending Jesus, his only son, to earth to bridge this divide. Jesus is fully God and fully man. Remember the context? There are people in the church here that this letter is written to that were denying Jesus' humanity. Okay? He says, no, fully God, fully man. He came to earth as a human baby and he lived a completely sinless life he never sinned in his heart he never thought about a woman when she walked by he never wished something bad to happen to somebody he wasn't envious he didn't gossip he did not sin and then as a holy man and a holy god he chose to die a criminal's death for your crimes and for my crimes against god that is propitiation. That is how God has shown his love to you. All right, now I'm going to preach just a little bit for a second. This passage does not say that God shows his love to you by giving you things. It doesn't say it. 
it's troubling to me when Christians say they are blessed because they were able to buy a car or a house or get a promotion or fill in the blank. You're blessed because God sent his son to die for you, not because you went on vacation. And I love vacation. All right? But that's not a measure of how God has blessed me. That's dangerous because we have Christians all over the world that don't have water. I'm thankful for God's provision to take care of our needs and more so so we can bless others with those things. But please don't think that God's love for you is based on what you have. That's very dangerous because what if you lose everything? God still loves you because he gave you his son. Job is this guy in the Bible who lost everything he had. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his health. If you read the passage, he probably wished he would have lost his wife. Right, because she was something else. Okay? But he lost everything he had. And here's what he said. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God shows his love because he sent his son. This is all love, God's love to us, family. Go back to the analogy of the pipe. This is all God's love to us. If we just kept it there, then everything would be dependent on, you, you would just be like in the silo. It would just be you. But John tells us what God's love leads to in verse 11. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us. By the way, this is an if that assumes it's true. So you can almost say because. Because God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In verse 19, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. A strong language. Jesus said that if you call your brother a liar, you're in danger of hellfire. And John says, if you say that you love God, but you hate your brother in Christ, you're a liar. How can you love your brother whom you can see if you, if you how can you not love your brother whom you see if you can love God whom you can't see? It's like, yeah, I love God. I can't see him. Oh, no, no, I've seen you. Not going to happen. So what's our response? Our response to God's love is that we love each other as Christians, as followers of Jesus. John said, beloved, if God so loves you, beloved, that's someone who is loved. Do you get the imagery here? He's calling them beloved. Those who are loved. He says in verse 7, let us love one another. There's a choice there, guys. There's a choice on who you're going to love. Romans 5.8 said that God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for us wasn't contingent on how we acted, right? And neither should our love for each other. 
John continues to say, if you love God but hate another Christian, you're a liar. All right, there's a book that I've read, and it's called, I'm Fine With God, It's Christians I Can't Stand. And I understand what the author was trying to do. Listen, if you got a catchy, a catchy title, you sell more books, right? But I disagree with his premise. If you say you're fine with God, it's Christians I can't stand, you're exactly what John is talking about. All right, so you might be like, okay, Jeremy, but I can't love somebody. Can't I love somebody and not like them? You ever heard that? I can love them, but I don't have to like them. You know, I know that you have people in your life that you love, but you don't want to go on vacation with. Right? Just get it out there. But what does it mean to love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you really think that you can love people in the church body without liking them? Honestly? I mean, that just seems like a hogwash kind of question to try to appease your own, like, sense of guilt. So what does it look like to love the family of God? How do we do it? Do you think loving the family of God means that you make sure you greet, like, a five people on Sunday morning and then head out the back door? Or is it something more? Do you think loving the family of God is showing up to a couple of social outings, eat some food, or is it even more than that? Well, John gives us the answer. Turn back one chapter to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, one, one page over in my Bible, verse 16 through 18. John said, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And you can put sisters in there too. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It's like, I love you, brother. Oh, you need some help? Mm, Sorry. Straight to voicemail. Verse 18, little children. You realize they weren't children. He's kind of like slamming them here. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. I have some thoughts on this. And I think the best thing to do is to share my experiences from this. I would say that the first thing you need to do to be to love the family of God is that you need to be ready to receive love. You need to receive it. Some of us, myself included, sometimes, we find it difficult to let other people love us. Because to let somebody love you in a Christ-like way, you have to let people see, like, what's really going on. Just as Jesus came into the world as an expression of his love, you have to let people into your world So they can love you. I'm going to say that again. Just as Jesus came into the world as an expression of his love, you have to let people into your world in order to let them love you. Family, and I say that sincerely, in order to fully love each other, 
you have to have a couple of people in your life who know your sins, they know your addictions, they know your weaknesses, and who still stay in your life because they are loving you with the love of God. And if you can't think of people off the top of your head, you need to find somebody because you're trying to do it by yourself and it's not going to work. I'm going to be really honest with you. It is super easy to play the real community game if you want to. You show up to RC sometimes, right? Maybe go watch a movie with some friends. But you got stuff in your life and in your heart that you haven't shared with anybody. That is not real community. You're holding on to something that people in your life want to walk with you on. But either because of pride or embarrassment, you keep it secret and you just keep playing the game. I'm just putting it out there, guys. Because I've done it. This is not for me looking at you. This is for me looking at me. All right? I've been there. I've been burned by people before. Because that's what it's about. You've got to trust people. I've been burned. Who hasn't? Only when I opened up to a couple of guys was I be able to, able to begin a breakthrough. If you, I was telling Kim this morning on the way here, if you haven't had that like breakthrough discussion with somebody, like this is what I really struggle with, please keep this to yourself, then you haven't started that community process. And let me also say this. You're not fooling anybody. People know when you're there, but you're not really present. In order to love brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to be willing to receive that love. But we also have to be willing to give it. To give it. If you're in tight with a few people, find that person that you notice has been on the fringes. Text them. Invite them for dinner. Go get some ice cream. Whatever. Take the step to get to know people and show them what it means to love other brothers and sisters. As John said, in deed and in truth. One one way that this happens here at the brook is through what we call real communities. You might hear them called RCs for short, but they're basically smaller groups of the church that meet in homes throughout the week. Now, we paused for the summer to do even more smaller groups called uh, DNA, Discover, Nurture, and Act groups. But we'll start real communities back up in the fall. Guys, you've got to get plugged into one of those. Uh, you just got to go for it. Even if nobody invites you, just show up at somebody's house. <laughs> oh, RC's not here? Oops. I brought pizza. In these groups, we sometimes study the Bible together. Sometimes we work on mission. Sometimes we just eat a meal together, but we always share life. When Kim and I and the kids, we started here at the Brook, it was May 2015. And the way that the summers fall, we were able to go to two RCs before they ended. And so we were just kind of like showed up and be like, hey, what's up? And, you know. 
and we weren't able to get plugged in during the summer. We heard about DNA, but we, did, we didn't get plugged in. And honestly, I, we just kind of trudged through the summer. Like, we're here, but, you know, it's like, don't really know people yet. It wasn't until the fall when we started RC back up, we were able to begin to really receive and give love with our church. I want to give you some examples, okay? Like some really practical examples that happened in my life. During the men's retreat, I was at a really low point in my life. Stuff that I'm not going to share with you, all right? Because we don't know each other like that yet. Uh, my dear brother Abel approached me one evening. He didn't know me. And we just talked. And he shared his story. And I shared some of my story. Sounds easy, right? That was a huge moment. Example two. Sometime in the early fall, Kim and I decided, you know what, we're just going to start having people over for dinner. Every other week, we're inviting people over for dinner. And if we didn't get to you yet, you're on the list. Don't worry. And it was such an honor. I mean this. It was such an honor to hear the stories of redemption and grace. And there's something about hearing those stories, right, of how God's redeeming people that knits your heart even closer to them. Example three, and this is an ongoing example, my beautiful 2002 GMC Envoy. Oh, we're going to have some more RC on it today, I think. has 208,000 miles on it, and I'm not willing to give it up, despite David's efforts to tell me to sell it. Last fall, going to David and Rachel's house for RC, man, I cannot make this story up. We pull in, I back into the spot, and go to throw it in park, and it will not go into park. The joker is stuck in reverse, right in front of David and Rachel's house for RC. Like, it would not move. So I cut the engine off. Of course, if you cut the engine off, now you can't start it because it's in reverse. Hello. Right? So we went in and had RC. And normally, after Bible study, we'll split up and to pray and pray, right? And I was like, guys, we need to pray on my truck. Let's go figure out what's going on. Okay? So all the guys from RC are under, in, around my truck, figuring out. Ends up being like the drive shaft or something. I don't know. It's like, it's like a clip came off. And so we're able to get it back on. People are driving my family back to my house. I'm driving back. And then the next day, people come over and fix it for good. Like, we bought the part and fixed it the next day. That's loving people in deed and truth. It might sound like, like silly stuff, but guys, you have to have people like that in your life. Example number four. This is the last one. i got to have like 20, but this is the last one. Everyone in our house, except for Kim, got the flu this past winter, spring. I don't remember. It's a very hazy time in my life. Uh, I think I had it the worst. And Kim will tell you 
that if I have a fever of like a degree higher than I should, I turn into like a smeltering mess. And it's just like, I can't like communicate clearly. I can't get off the couch. Like I barely have enough energy to change the channel on the remote. Somehow I find, find the energy for that. But for two days in a row during that time, and I never take off work, and I had to take off work. For two days in a row during that time, I get knocks on my door with these care packages, with Gatorade and tea and soup. I couldn't even get off the couch to answer the door, people. Like, seriously, I was that sick. And people are bringing stuff over for me to pretend like I'm feeling better, right? Huge, huge gesture. There's more. There's lots more. And you have stories like this. Right? If you don't, you're not doing it right. These are very practical ways that God's love is demonstrated through us. Remember, we are this pipe that's supposed to receive God's love and then send it out. And then send it out. I don't know your heart. Honestly, I don't know where you are in this. I have some ideas. It could be that you've never accepted God's love. Maybe you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about receive God's love. Maybe you haven't done that before. Let me tell you, it is sweet. Maybe you have a clog in the system somewhere, right? There are people that get paid to come in and clean out those pipes, and they'll run something through and get the roots out and and anything else that's stuck in there. Maybe you need to let God do that to your heart. Maybe you need to find people that you need to give your love to. God sent Jesus into this world as the ultimate expression of his love. And now he commands that we get into each other's lives and love each other as well. Let's pray. Father, you've promised that your word would not return empty. Father, I've just shared what you've laid on my heart in the best way I know how. Father, I am so thankful for these brothers and sisters. I'm so thankful. You are a great God displayed it through sending your son you displayed it by having others love on us father help us to love back in return help us to love others in return not because of us but because you loved us because you loved us in your name i pray amen
Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to ask our prayer counselors to go to the front, to the back. As we sing this last song, I want you to think about what is your response. What is your response? Seek out a prayer counselor and get things right with God.
speaking to to some people. I know that uh, there are people here who who may be just reflecting on the great love of God. Uh, we're going to get ready to dismiss from this place. But if you want to pray with somebody, the prayer counselors are going to stick around uh, to pray with you, to hear you, and to and to maybe give you. Some